Well, the competition for the tallest skyscraper um, is one of the competitions that has been going on since the very first skyscraper, which was the Home Insurance Building in Chicago in 1884. Um, It was a whopping 10 stories tall. Um, And that was the first skyscraper. And since then, they have been getting taller and taller and taller. But there's been another race for the tallest uh, that maybe is flying under the radar that you may not be as aware of. And that is the race for the tallest flagpole. Um, it's, it's a competition, particularly in um, the authoritarian regimes of, of the Central Asia and Middle East. Um, and there are, there's this need to have the highest flagpole. And so they have gotten taller and taller. The highest one is 560 feet tall in Saudi Arabia. Before that, uh, the, the one just smaller than that was 541 feet tall. And this one could support a flag that was 98 feet by ni- 197 feet. It was 1,500 pounds just for the flag that this flagpole would hold. Now, this picture doesn't really do the flagpole justice. Now, this next picture shows a little bit more of what it looks like. That's the base of the flagpole that the engineer is standing in the middle of. And there are th- um, segments of 39 feet attached to one another where you can actually climb a ladder up the 550, 551 feet. You can climb inside of this thing, but you're inside. You're contained, right? Because then this next picture shows you a little bit of what it's like from the top of this flagpole, which gives you, yeah, no, no. Yeah, not happening. They've got, they've got like straps and hooks on them, right? No, no. This is a big flagpole, right? And so there's this competition for the biggest um, flagpole. David Chambers of Trident Support in San Diego is a part of this industry of building the biggest flagpole. And it's hard to keep the record going because there's always an order for one that's a little bit bigger. And then it's no longer the record holder. And everybody wants to be the last one on the order, but then there's somebody else that comes along that builds a taller one. And then, of course, this builds a competition to be the tallest manufacturer of a flagpole. Now, if you remember the story of Scripture, building tall things is not really anything new, right? We've got this Tower of Babel that's built up so that we can bring glory to ourselves and see the great accomplishments that we have. So build the biggest skyscraper, build the biggest flagpole, build the biggest tower. It's something that's a part of our DNA from very early on. As we want to build bigger and better things, build higher and higher, or maybe go deeper and deeper into space, or create technology that is smaller and smaller and smaller. And we're pretty good at building things. The, the fact that they can engineer a flagpole that is 560 feet tall and can, can hold a flag that is over 1,500 pounds is quite an engineering feat. These skyscrapers that can go so high, or we can send things further and further out into space and get clearer and clearer pictures. We're pretty good at building these things. And when we're surrounded by these great accomplishments, it's easy for us to forget how small we really are, how puny we really are, how insignificant we really are. We, we look at these, these great accomplishments, we look at these great structures and think, ah, yes, we have accomplished great things. 
And it's easy for us to gloss over what the Creator has created around us. We're spending uh, this month of August looking at a few psalms, and today we're going to be looking at Psalm 19, which the praise team read earlier. The opening section of the psalm focuses on the splendor and the greatness of God and, and who He is and what He has done. Let's read these words together in Psalm, 1, psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises to one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the others. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. This is the greatness of God. This is the creator who has, has created the heavens, who has created the sun, these incredible things that we see. And you see, just in the news uh, t- today and this week of, of this mission to go send something to the sun, trying to to get to the sun. The stars speak. The moon speaks. The sun speaks to the scope and the size of the universe around us. And then when you begin to understand the universe, you see that that is just a very tiny speck within the great vastness of the universe. And we're blessed here to see the colors of sunrises and sunsets that all display the artistry that God has unmatched by any human skill. And so often, what is extraordinary in the world around us just becomes ordinary. We lose our sense of wonder. We lose our sense of awe in what God has done. And so we might as well go and build a flagpole something within our structure, something that we can see, something that we can build. And so as David is writing the psalm, he must have been wrestling with with this same sense of lack of wonder from time to time. There are moments when he was very confident in his own abilities as king, his own abilities as as leader. He certainly had those those build-it-bigger kind of moments. He knew all the luxuries of life as king of Israel. But in Psalm 19, David brings this together for us, and he's in a different mood. We hear this, this man who is crying out that, that at least for a moment in his life, he is grounded in his own humanity, his own simpleness, his own smallness. And he's taking in the wonders of God's creativity. He is standing in awe of what God has done, who God is. And so we need these words of David to to fuel us, to fill us, to encourage us, to remind us of who God is and who we are not. In a world where the word awesome is used to describe anything from Picasso to pizza, or, or, or we look at a world where the works of our own hands are not just admired, but, but they're constantly outdone and bigger and better. We live in a world where we're constantly connected to the cloud in our phones, and we're missing the clouds of a beautiful sunset around us. We need these words because of the world that we live in. 
and in a society where the word awesome can be used to describe anything, we need to see a God who truly is awesome. We get distracted from the glory of God and move on to declare our own glory, our own accomplishments, our own abilities. We look at Facebook feeds and see how much of it is is really just bragging about how great I am or how great my kids are. We're declaring our own glory. But what David taps into here for us in this psalm is the fact of, that there is wonder in creation, that we are, are awe-inspired. Unlike anything that we build from our hands, he has the ability to draw us outward and upward toward the truth of who God is in a way that skyscrapers and flagpoles cannot. We say, check out what we have made. But when you look at the sun, when you look at the moon, when you look at the stars, you think there is no way that I could accomplish anything of significance. Look at the greatness of God. When we come face to face with this, this unmatched creative power of God, when we come and see that, we're, we're given a good dose of awe-inspired humility. That we are not as big and special as we think we are. Look at how incredible God is. We are not God. We do not glorify ourselves. We declare the glory of God. And so when we recognize the glory of God, when we see what he has done in the world around us, when we see what he has, has done in creation, we recognize him as creator, we see our smallness, and then we're in a place where we can receive the good news of Jesus. Because it's in that place of humility that we say, it's not about me. It is not my accomplishments. It's not who I am or what, what I'm able to do. It is about the glory of God. And we're in this opportunity to, to encounter God through Jesus. Jesus who, who stepped down from that creation, stepped down from those heavens, stepped down to this place and filled in the gaps of our imperfection. Filled in this, this, this void that we had and so, so we're ready to receive it. We're able to appreciate it because the firstborn of all creation, which is who Jesus is, whose death on a cross forgives our attempts to put ourselves at the top, our attempts to put ourselves at the, the tallest pedestal, we see who we really are in that. And so we take time to, to stare at the stars. We take time to not stare at the sun, but stare at the, the greatness of the universe. Rest in the fact that the sun came up this morning, which is a good thing. And there's a predictable plan. We rest in the greatness of who God is, and, and we encounter the Maker. When we take time to do those things, we see who God is with fresh eyes. We see how significant he is. And that we get wrapped up in all the crazy of our everyday life. We get wrapped up in going back to school. We, we get wrapped up in, in, in our family life. We get wrapped up in our careers and all the things that, that are going on. And we feel like we have some sense of control over all of that. 
and we see God much bigger than we are as creator. And so when was the last time that you just really stood in, in jaw-dropped awe? You're like, wow, that is God. That is the creator. Creating me, creating each of us, creating the world around us. Do you have that sense of wonder or do you need to regain that sense of wonder? Maybe the best thing for us to do is just refresh our perspective and look at who God is. Simply to sit back and stare at the stuff that we cannot comprehend. Stare at the stuff that we could never compete with. And say, that's on God. That's not on me. David closes his song with this very simple request. He says, may the words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sights. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. When we look at the mighty acts of God, we, we see that those actions speak louder than words, louder than what we could even comprehend. It tells us, it tells us of his power, and, and when we listen, we hear his love, we hear his grace, we, we see in God what he has done for us. And, and David tells us, may our words do the same, may our meditations be the same, the things that we speak, the things that we dwell on, may those things please God the God who is our foundation, the God who is our Redeemer. And so our drive to build the biggest and greatest, the, the, the drive to bring glory to ourselves, to, to have our own accomplishments, it, it may be a giant flagpole or a skyscraper. For, for you and me, it may be something different. Not many of us are building giant skyscrapers, but we are certainly trying to build our own image. And so what is it that we are doing that, that is more about building our own image than bringing glory to God? And so let us never lose our sense of wonder. Let us never lose that sense of awe in who God is, how incredible He is. It brings everything into perspective. Whatever challenge, whatever heartache, Whatever disappointment, whatever misstep, all when set next to God, the creator of the universe, is so small, so insignificant. And God has the ability to transform those things for us. That if he has the power to set the sun and the moon and the stars, then he has the power to overcome any in our lives. The power to overcome any grief, any heartache, any disappointments. If we will see who he is. And so when we live humbled by, by what he's done, we can be confident that all that we do is pleasing in his sight. We see what he has done. And everything is pleasing in his sight.